are about to hear a life-changing message preached at the Kodesh Family Church in Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In 1 Peter 2 verse 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay continues with the seven great principles of life. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. We must be truly born again. Once we are born again, our spirit are like newborn babes that need the word of God, prayer, and fellowship to grow. So let us listen into this anointed word and seek God holy, grow in him daily. Our spirit desires growth, and that is found in God. Be blessed. Last week we shared, or the, over the last several weeks, we have been sharing about the seven great principles, uh, seven great principles of salvation, seven great principles, spiritual principles, Amen. seven great principles of growth, and our spiritual growth, salvation, and all these things. And um, it's been a blessing. You know, we learned that man is not just flesh. In fact, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, Now may the very God of peace sanctify you completely or holy, spirit, soul, and body mm. unto the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so God is interested in the totality of your being. You know, usually we are very interested in our flesh. And we don't even realize that the flesh is just the house. You know, you know so, so man is actually a spirit. Has a soul and lives in a body. You know, anybody who you live in a house and all you're interested in is to make your house beautiful. But not the people inside of the house beautiful. You have not been smart. And that's usually th what happens. You can see people who come out of a home. They are holding hands. They have a big house. They have a big, big screen television. They have all these. The house is beautiful. But there's no good relationship. The human beings that are inside are not happy. But the building is happy. I would rather live in a cave with happy relationships right. than to live in a mansion in depression. Yeah. Actually, the Bible says that when you live with a contentious woman uh -huh, in a big house, it's better to live in the rooftop. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it means. That rather you will live on the rooftop like a mouse than to live in a big house with a contentious woman. I mean, contentious woman because usually women are generally known to talk more. But you haven't seen a contentious man. It's worse. Yeah, when a man is contentious. Have you seen a quarrelsome man before? They are worse than women. So when you read that scripture, don't think it excludes men. Okay? So, let's know that. So, in the same way, last week, last couple of weeks, we've learned that man is a spirit. And we, we, we can see that from the creation. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Bible says God created man out of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. 
Do you know what that means? That we are dust by nature. Actually, the name Adam, Adam means dust. It means soil. Okay? Some people call it clay. So man was just dirt. God made man out of the dust or clay of the ground and formed. You know how we, we have snowman? This was clay man. Dust man. So man was there. No life. Lifeless. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. In other words, man is except but dust without the breath of life. That is why when people die, Bibles, I mean, Bible calls it, he gave up the ghost or he gave up the spirit. And if you are a medical doctor, I'm a physician, so I see people die all the time in the intensive care unit. They breathe and they're gone. Wow. The spirit leaves them. And what is left usually confirms what the Bible says about creation. It means the part of them that caused you to interact with them is gone. Wow. So what is left? Nobody carries dust into a bed. Oh. How many have decorated your bed with clay every day before? No way. Well, that's what happens when somebody dies. That's why we take them to the mortuary or we take them to the cemetery. We don't bring them back to their bed because you are decorating your place with dust. What is left is dust. So essentially, man is spirit. That is the reason why when somebody dies, they say that he is no more. Have you heard those terms? He is no more. He doesn't exist again. But the flesh is there. Why are you saying he's no more? And they say he's passed on. But the flesh is here. Everybody will come to this reality at least on your deathbed. That man is a spirit. Everybody will come to that truth. The wiser ones learn it before they die. Everybody without exception. The day you die, you will realize that man is nothing. And your very big house that you, you, you had, your car, you can't use any of them. Because dust cannot do that. Therefore, what was using the car was your spirit. Human beings, we are essentially spirit. Believe it or not, the closest you can disconnect spirit from body while you are alive here is in a dream. When you dream and you see that you are in various places and you behave the same way. I mean, you are in Memphis, but you find yourself having traveled to London and in London, you were watching a baseball game or a basketball game, and you cheered your favorite team. Wow. You didn't make a mistake to cheer the wrong team because it's you. It's your spirit. Wow. Yeah. Your spirit can really roam fast and wide. And so in a dream, that is what you can see when you can see. That really the flesh is nothing. You're operating everything in your very behavior. Everywhere that you are operating. But your body is there. Sometimes you are being chased in your dream. And you are sweating and running. And you are panting. When you wake up, your body and you enter your body, you actually feel the panting and the palpitations. Wow, did it happen? The body is still there. You haven't done anything. Because your spirit is truly in action. But there's a day that what looks like a dream will be permanent. When the spirit leaves you like that, it is done. 
Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7 that the truth, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7, he says that the then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. The dust will return. My father died, my mother died. I really wanted to keep them because my, 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 my mother-in-law, the, the, my first son was in the womb when he died. I wanted to preserve her, her so that my son will see her. But the family said, no, it is stinking. The body is stinking. They didn't even say she is stinking. I said, how disrespectful. How dare you say that about my mother-in-law? It is. You call the body it. And they said, brother, it is because that's the body. The real person is not there. Wow. The respect we give Mrs. whatever, whatever, is no longer. That's a body. It's only dust. It is dust. Do we call the, 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 the dust hair? No way. That's the one I understood. That was the first close person that died in my life. I'll never forget. The image is still there. As I looked at her in the mortuary. Wow. Wow. Is it possible? And I told mommy, mommy. She never responded to me. Move her. She said, no way. She didn't respond. And they had the audacity to decorate the body and to put it. They didn't even put it on the surface of the earth so that we can visit from time to time. They dug a deep pit six feet down and dropped her in, covered her with dust. And they had the audacity to tell us that dust to dust, ashes to ashes. And they gave me some soil I should also throw on her. My tears. But that's when I realized man is really a spirit. Right. Man is spirit. He has a soul, lives in a body. And therefore, anybody that you are just interested in decorating your body, but you are not aware to take care of your spirit, you, you have to be sent to the psychiatrist. She said, truth. Then shall dust return to dust, to the earth, as it was. And the spirit shall return also to the one who, who gave it. And last time we explained that when God created man, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So God didn't create soul. God created the body. Okay? And breathed spirit. That combination is what we call soul. Wow. There's nothing like soul that was in creation. When body meets spirit, the expression is called soul. That is the will, the emotion, the intellect. Though that, that, that expression, when you are intelligent, you can think, you can feel. Do you know who I am? I know who I am. I mean, you're making me sad. You're making me feel some way. I think we should do this. It can never be except the spirit in a body. When the spirit leaves, you can't think anymore. The Bible actually says in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I believe in verse, of verse chapter 9, verse 10. He says, in the grave where you go, there is no device, no thinking, no wisdom. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Because there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave where you go. Yeah. Everything you do, do it well. There is no thought. So emotions as expressed. A dead body has no emotion. 
A dead body has no intellect. A dead body has no will. Even when you write your final will, my father-in-law wrote a final will. Their family changed it. Hey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the dead body has no will. So that is why when you say, I have life insurance, I said, no, you don't have life insurance. What you have is death insurance. Real life leaves you. What you leave as insurance is to cater for when you are dead, not when you are alive. It's life insurance is a misnomer. It's a deception. It is death insurance. Hallelujah. So we learned that God, he put his spirit in man. So the original man had the spirit of God. Someone say, the original man had the spirit of God. The original man had the spirit of God. He had the spirit of God. Everybody in the world, 100%, had the spirit of God. And unfortunately, there was only one, and then another came. Spirit of God. And that's how it was. And they were in the garden interacting with God. Bible says God will go to them in the cool of the day, and he will have fellowship with them. That's how it should be. Everybody is supposed to be close to God. The original nature. Closeness to God. Until Satan came in in Genesis chapter 3. And told Eve. That oh has God indeed told you not to eat of the fruit of the tree. And he says that for God knows that when you eat you will know. You will know. Yeah you will know. Between descend between good and evil. You will know what is right from wrong. You will know. You will know. Let me tell you something. God never intended for us to know right from wrong. God never intended for us to be responsible for our actions. He just wanted to fellowship with us. He wanted, he created our spirit like his spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he created us in his nature, his spiritual nature. To fellowship with us. But Satan didn't like it because he was a fallen being and did not want somebody taking over that close fellowship with God. So what did he have to do? He was outside of the garden. God had put mankind in the garden with his spirit such that God, you don't have to be whatever. God could interact with them, go into the garden and fellowship. But it didn't happen that way. When Satan corrupted man, he said... God knows that you will know between good and evil. And immediately they ate the fruit. He corrupted the spirit because soil cannot eat. So actually it was spiritual eating that corrupted the spirit. Straight away, men truly began to know good from evil. His eyes were open like Satan said. But Satan did not expose the truth fully. His eyes were open like he said. But he didn't say that you cannot interact with man. He didn't tell mankind that you will now be responsible for your own actions. He didn't tell them that you will be kicked out of the garden and be like me on earth. Corrupted. He didn't tell them that your spirit will be corrupted. And so man's spirit was corrupted. God had to kick them out of the garden. Because he could not relate with the new kind of corrupted spirit. It belongs to the earth. And man now was responsible for their actions. Bible says man, he saw that when God says he saw that, ah, I'm naked. And he put, tried Adam and he tried to cover themselves. And God said, who told you you are naked? Have you eaten of the fruit? Oh. 
He says, what is this that you have done? That's the most famous question. What is this that you've done? You've destroyed everything. Since then, God has been trying very hard to restore mankind spiritually into the original nature. The spirit of God. Yeah, since then. So ladies and gentlemen, when we dress our body without knowing the real original nature, we are like somebody who drives a car and does not realize there's an engine. Therefore, does not put gas. Sometimes puts water and all that. You're just going to destroy the real nature. The engine that functions. So anyway, go and listen to what we learned. Okay, so we understood that man is a spirit. Based on this, man is a spirit. Has a soul and lives in a body. This is just a body. This is just a house. Everybody will leave this house. You know the house that you're living in, you will not live in it forever. Did you know that? That houses are one of the most temporary things ever. Unfortunately, that's the greatest investments we give. Houses are the most temporary things. I mean, think about it. What does a house do for you? It doesn't feed you. It doesn't do anything. But that's when we, even our income is given to house, the biggest part of our income is for rent. That's the way we are treating our body. Even sometimes, you want to keep money for food. You say, I haven't paid my rent. Let me pay my rent first. Oh. Otherwise, I'll be homeless. Man. Oh my God. <laughs> the same attitude we treat with our spirits. Watch this. Satan corrupted our spirits. And from that day, man could not relate with God anymore. We were not supposed to be wearing clothes. The original nature with the spirit of God, where you did, we didn't know good from evil. Where you were, you're, nothing was anything. Bible says when they got to know, they heard that God was coming and they covered themselves. First time. We should have been sitting here naked and nobody would even think twice about it. After when you bring your dog, you don't close the dog. Ah, what a shock. But since then, listen, I have not been to heaven, but from the Bible, God will give us a new glorified body after we are dead. When the Lord comes, the Bible says, they will hear a trumpet. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then shall follow also us. And will give us, God will give us a glorified, wow. a new body, a glorified body. Wow. He didn't add clothes. I dare you, you will have no clothes in heaven. And there will be no problem. And there will be no fornication too. Oh yeah. You can't see it because of the corrupted spirit inside of us. Can you imagine all of us sitting naked? Ah, even the thought of it. I'm preaching and you, 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 instead of looking at what I'm preaching, you'll be looking down. Oh, pastor, dress up, dress up. Pastor, dress up. Even the thought is not nice. It's almost pornographic. <laughs> almost. Stop that mind pornography that you are. Look at the spiritual thing I'm preaching. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Preach, <laughs> I could be careful. If you don't take care, I'll bring you here. I said, think they should think about you. Hallelujah. Now watch this. So now that you understand, also you should know that because of the corrupt, David said, I was shaped in iniquity. 
Psalm 50, and I believe verse 5 or verse 15. I was shaped in iniquity. In sin was I conceived. Because of that, all became sinful. Because our original mother and father, their original, the spirit that they were supposed to pass on was all corrupted. That's how come they say we are all shaped in iniquity. All of us. He said, look at that. Psalm 51 verse 5. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. So all, that's when the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not for what you do, but how you were made. The corruption by Satan. But then God set out to correct it. God set out to correct it. So that's the first principle. Man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. The second principle is that the spirit of the unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 19. When you are not born again, when your spirit is not transformed, there's no hope. And we found that, and I want to read some passages for you today. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 36 from verse 24, I'm going to read down. New, New King James. Watch this. Okay. And then the next thing is that the spirit of the saved man is righteous point number three and truly holy when somebody is saved or born again that person's spirit is righteous and truly holy sure your born again spirit is as pure as it can be it doesn't matter what anybody thinks and you will understand why that spirit is pure righteous and truly holy when you are born again the spirit that you have is completely Completely different. Watch this. God said, Ezekiel chapter 36, from verse 24 down to the end. I'll read. For I will take you from among the nations or among unbelievers, gather you out of every country, eh, and bring you into your own land. Watch this, verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. That's the word preaching. Uh, the water of the word. And you will become clean. Wow. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. That's the born again spirit coming. God says preaching comes. The word of God comes. And it's like water that cleanses you. Prepares you for what God wants to do. To change your spirit. Watch this. Verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. And put inside of you a new spirit. You know, God does not, and then, and then I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Then verse 27, watch this. I will put my spirit, the original spirit that was corrupted, I will give it to you again. Wow. I will put my spirit within you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Wow. I'm talking to you about the new birth. What makes you born again? What makes you a Christian? All religions try to help man to reach God. But Christianity is the only one that God tries to reach man. All religions have rules and regulations that try to make you pure. But only Christianity claims to change your essential core. Wow. It changes you. Real change is what we need. 
not rules and regulations. God has tried rules and regulations. Israel gave them judges. By the way, our next book will be judges. Give them, give them prophets, priests, kings, judges. Still, they couldn't change. He realized this thing is not going to work. The core of the corruption is too deep. So Christianity, it doesn't do renovation. When your car is not working well, is not repairs, repairs. God does not repair the problem. He changes the engine. Clap for Jesus. He changes the engine. My father's car was troubling. We changed the engine. That was it. I was about to just give away a car. One church member told me, change the engine. Wow, that car dropped. We're coming from Atlanta. We all, in the night, around 1 a.m., it wouldn't move again. We had to tow it to Memphis. But after that, we gave it a new engine. My goodness. The car is running so nicely. In fact, my Volvo as I have it now, everybody told me to throw it away. Everybody. Because it was so old, it would stop at every few, whatever, miles. And somebody told me to throw it away. But at the time, cars, even used cars, were so expensive. Somebody told me that, you know what? The body is so nice. Everything is so nice. You're just giving it to your son. The engine will cost you less than $1,500. But if you buy a new car, it will cost you several thousand to buy an engine. My goodness, I bought a new engine. A new model. My car is running like new. Clap for the Lord Jesus. That's the bond. My car is born again. The mileage is all gone. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So as you see me here, I keep telling you I'm 17 years and a bit. But my spiritual age is different. Yeah. Depends on the day you're born again. He says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot do anything holy until you're born again. The nature of the spirit within us. When I was an unbeliever, listen guys, I'm your pastor, so I shouldn't reveal certain things to you about my past. But it was not good. The things I could do. Remember I was raised in a nightclub. Remember alcohol was the thing I traded. Cigarettes, alcohol, including women. I traded in prostitutes. You know what a pimp is? Yeah. My uncles will call me and people will come to the dance bar and they will give me a tip. Go and get this girl for me and I'll know what to say. Oh yeah. If you need a girl, you come and see me. But this time I'll do it in a better way. Yeah, yeah. I've helped many people to have girls. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Oh yeah. When Spencer came to the church, the relationship was not working. And we didn't know. Sister Devonia visited us in church. By the end, they, were, they, were, they had just separated for a while. And as we were talking, we realized, oh, there was a guy. This guy is not bad. So we started talking to Sister Devonia. I mean, 20 years, 15 years down the line. Look at them with children. Oh, yeah, yeah. Skill in how to talk to the ladies. I developed it as a young guy. Yeah. 
Only that only one woman has so far enjoyed it. And that's why she sticks with me. Wow. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And I don't intend to use it unless it's going to help you to get a proper girl like mine. Hallelujah. And so if you find a proper girl, just let me know. I'll, I have a few words I can teach you from my old days. But this one with the spirit. Hallelujah. He said, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk. I could only do evil things. Pornography, evil lies, deception, pimping. I couldn't do any of the things in the Bible. The Bible says that when he gives you the new spirit, one way of seeing somebody is born again is look at his works. By their fruit you shall know them. Not what they sing here. Not by singing. Not the tongues. Born again people, they will walk in the statutes of God and will keep God's commandments. Because there's a new spirit. It gives you ability. Until then, you can't do it. Sion, you can never be a virgin until the Holy Spirit helps you. Oh, no, no. Mommy, you cannot. Sherry, you cannot be married to one man. This William that you are stuck with is the Spirit of God that's helping him. Yeah. This strong man, handsome with money, the only thing that's keeping him stuck to you, even when you are pregnant, he still keeps to you. I mean, come on. It doesn't even make sense. But that's what the Holy Spirit does when you're born again. That's why you shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Oh yeah. Because they can't do the word. You'll be doing the word, but they will be distracting you from the word. I'm telling you. When somebody's an unbeliever, he'll even prevent you from going to church. Oh, I'm telling you honestly. It's easy to come to church and go as if you're a believer. But their actions tells what is inside of them. It's not the body doing anything. It's the spirit. Oh yeah. When you're born again, you'll see it. Even your mother will say, my son is different. Even your father will say, this, my daughter, is different. Oh yeah. Because God puts you inside of you. His spirit. Can you imagine the spirit of God sinning? No. You cannot. That's why believers, of course, Bible says a righteous shall fall seven times but shall rise up. Believers, when they sin, they are not happy. Oh. All of us sin. As for sin, so long as we live in this body, it's not the spirit. And I'll explain to you. The interaction, the body is never born again. Which is the next principle we'll come to. Because of that, you fall to sin. But you see that you are depressed inside because of the spirit inside of you. You're not happy about it. You feel guilty. Have you lied before that you were not happy? It's not. Your body was happy, but your spirit was not happy. Because your spirit is born again. That is if you're born again. But if it was not so, you lie and you actually go and tell us, oh, I lied. Your spirit is happy and in line with your body. They are both happy. That's the unbeliever. Says, I'll put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Keep going. Then verse 28. 28, please. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. When you're born again, God cannot oversee unbelievers. The lot is a devil. Oh, yeah. But once you're born again, you belong to God. 
you can say the Lord is my God. That's why you can say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. It's your spirit that is speaking. And I'll show you how it happens. Okay. God says, then when you're born again, I will be your God and you will be my people. In other words, if my spirit is not inside of you, you are not my people and I'm not your God. He said, from that point, I will become, I will, is predicated or founded upon the fact that you've gotten the new spirit. That's why it's so important for a Christian to be born again. Don't, not even the word Christian is inappropriate. For a, a somebody who comes to church, don't just come to church. Be born again. And don't just look at the person's presence in church. There are many people in church who are not born again. Watch their actions. Watch their decisions. Watch their desires. Oh yeah. I know of people who because of papers, they enter the church. New York especially. I pastor so many such people. They enter the church because there are different nationalities who want to become citizens. And then they enter and they see loopholes and Christians are so gullible. They come, I'll be born again. Then they walk up to the front, I'm born again. Okay, says, you do see he was born again. It's not by just statements. And then they marry them, get their papers, and they divorce them. Because that was just a show. And occasionally they see that, ah, this one is not a bad girl, so let me keep. But it doesn't mean they're born again. Look at that. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Next verse. Next verse. I'm explaining as to us. Verse 29. I, I said, and the blessings that come with the new birth. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. Have you heard that scripture? 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It started in the Old Testament. So if you look at me and say, my pastor was a pimp, therefore I won't go to the church again. You don't understand. You can stay here and be safe. I will not pimp you. I will not pimp you. I will not pimp you because all things are passed away. I'm not going to give you to another man. And to Amina, when I say hope, I'm a joking. I'm not pimping you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? All things are passed away. That's why I can say it boldly. Because it's past. I don't even feel like that anymore. I've stuck with one woman. One woman. And happily so. Just to please God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. And I will call grain and multiply it for you. And I'll bring no famine upon you. Wow. The Lord blesses real born again believers. Yeah. The new birth. Who does not take care of his people? Which father does not take care of his children? And when you're truly born again, watch somebody who's truly born again. Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 37, Mark the perfect man. Stop texting. Behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright. The end of that man is peace. Because God, he doesn't just get you born again and leave you. These are my people. I'll prove to the world that there's a difference. It's so beautiful to be born again. Hallelujah. Now watch this. 
in the New Testament, how does it relate? Let's go to John chapter 3 from verse 1. There was a man of the Jews called Cornelius. I mean, called uh, Nicodemus. Pharisees named Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. Keep going. Uh, verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these things that you do except God be with him. Then verse 3. Watch, watch this. Jesus answered and said, Most, give me King James, most assuredly I say to you, except one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. That's why last week and last two weeks, we all decided to get to be born again, again, if there's anything like that. Because you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Then, verse, keep going, next. You can do the new King James, it's fine. Nicodemus said, uh, verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, new King James, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into the mother's womb a second time and be born? That's a good question. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless you are born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again. Unless your spirit is changed. Because it's not a body that's going to heaven or hell. It's a spirit. It must be born again for God to recognize it. You really need to be born again. Even if you are a teacher of the Jews like Nicodemus. Even if you are a pastor like me. Even if you dress nicely to church. You really need to be born again. And you should check your feelings towards God, your dealings, your works to assure yourself. Yeah. Then verse 6. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, the day you were born from your mother's womb is fleshly birth. But the day you are born again, where God changes your spirit is born of the spirit. That is the day you get born again. It's not the day you go to church. It's not the day your mother baptizes you, gets you baptized. It's not the day you're confirmed. It's not the day of your baby dedication. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Then verse 7. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born again. The word is must. You must be born again. Otherwise, the spirit will go back where it belongs and it will not be God. Yeah. Then keep going, verse 8. That's how John 3, 16 came. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Keep going. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Verse 10. Jesus said, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? Have you been to church for a long time and you don't know these things? In other words, nobody is exempt from being your newborn, even if you are a teacher of the Jews, even if you are a pope, even if you are a bishop, even if you are a pastor Lindsay, even if you are a nice wife or a nice husband. Do you get the point? Even if you are praise and worship director like Brother Cyrus, you need to be born again. If you have a nice beard like Peter, like the way Brother Spencer is, you need to be born again. You must be born again. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. 
and you do not receive our witness. Keep going. I have told you earthly things and you don't believe it. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You have to have faith. Then, verse 14, watch this, it's coming. No one has ascended to heaven, but only one, Jesus. He who came down from heaven, that's Jesus. That is the son of man who is in heaven. Now, verse 14, Jesus is speaking. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. That's Jesus. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then John 3, 16 comes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Do you now understand why John 3, 16 exists? It's talking about the new birth. That which is born of the spirit. He's talking to pastors, talking to everybody. And he said, verse 17, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. This message is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message that if you don't hear, you can be in church and go to hell. You can be a pastor and go to hell. But you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. Amen. Now, that brings us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. You are in the spirit. If so, be that you walk in the spirit. And he said, any man that does not have the spirit of God. Does not belong to him. Look at this. But you are not of the flesh, but of the spirit. That is, don't just look on the flesh, but look at your spiritual nature. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, then you are not of the world anymore. You are not of the flesh. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, the new spirit, he is not his. He does not belong to Jesus. You may belong to the church, but you don't belong to Jesus. If I don't teach you these things, I'll be a very bad pastor to lead you to hell and not tell you. Oh, I thought you would clap. Clap for Jesus. Then verse 10 says, And if Christ is in you, then the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Then this body is not the, the real life you have. is the spirit. Then verse 11. Watch this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life. Will give life to your regular mortal body through his spirit which dwells in you. Did you understand that? Judy, do you get it? It says that which you give gives life to your body. Is his spirit that dwells inside of you. Now, that brings us to the point, fourth point. We said man is first point is what man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. Second point is what? The spirit of the unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Then the third point is what? The spirit of the saved man is righteous 
and truly holy, isn't it? Then the fourth one, which is the last one before we go, is after you're born again, your spirit is still a baby. It must grow. Your spirit is still a baby. It must grow. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so that it will grow. Do you get the point? The same way that a baby is born into the world and grows by breast milk, by formula. A spiritual baby is also born and must grow. Now, we don't use spiritual. Spiritual age is not measured by the number of years you have been a Christian. I'll say it again. We celebrate birthdays. Spencer, how old are you? Okay. Looks very young. 40 something. So that's your chronological age. It's the number of years you've lived on this earth. Now, when you get born again, let's say you got born again 10 years ago. We don't say that your spirit is 10 years old. It's not measured by the number of years you've been born again. But it's measured by maturity. So, Sion can be spiritually older, more older than you. Do you get the point? Yeah. Maybe she was born again five years ago and you were born again ten years ago. But she has fed her spirit. So she may be older than you. I don't say that's the case. You get the point. Or, in other words, if you are ten years older, but somebody got born again one year ago and feeds the spirit, the person may be stronger than you spiritually. So we don't use age. I've been in the church for so many years, serving the Lord and work, working in his church. Please. Wow. It's not like that. <laughs> Have you not had a boss who was younger than you before? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because he's gone through more training, more education, has been in the job, has more experience. That's how the spirit is. So you have to grow the spirit Amen. to be strong so that Satan does not throw you up and about. Oh, oh yeah. When I was not born again, Satan could throw me anywhere. But when I got born again and I fed my spirit, ah, no oh, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. I suffered a lot of demonic attacks before I got born again. And when I got born again too, I still kept suffering attacks until I became serious. Until I became serious and until I fed my spirit. Because the devil, he doesn't come for your flesh. He comes for your spirit. He wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So it's in our interest to know that a newborn baby is a baby. Newborn is a baby. Even if you are 36 years old when you get born again, you are still a baby day one. Your spirit must grow. So, stages of spiritual growth. We call it baby stage. Somebody say baby stage. Baby stage. Childhood stage. Childhood. Then adulthood stage. Baby stage is the person who is born again and who just just a baby. As new first Peter chapter one, one, first Peter chapter two, verse two. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word so that you will grow. So, what does that mean? Babies need milk to grow. Physically. Well, spiritually too, you need the milk of the word to grow. The word of God is what grows you up. 
So let me describe the spiritual baby. A spiritual baby manifests just like an unbeliever. They are just like unbelievers. When somebody is born again, so sometimes there are people who are born again, but they behave like unbelievers. It's because they haven't grown. How does a baby? Babies cry, one, babies cry easily. Little things offend them. Spiritually, immature people, the little things offend them. Preaching offends them. You didn't say hello and then they are, have, I won't come to church again. You rebuke them. Uh, or uh, they don't like a message. That's a sign of a baby. A baby cries at everything. You preach about tithe. They say, ah, this thing. I mean, you talk about come for prayer meeting. Ah, that's a problem. That's a baby. That's a baby. So, you know, that's a baby. The next thing they do is that they make a mess easily. Babies poo-poo. My children have wee-weed in my face several times. They poo-pooed. You see, some mothers, while we're in the service, I saw a mother carry, Barbara just brought the baby. Went and cleaned, I'm sure. Right here, baby did it. But some of you, you feel like doing it, but you're waiting till the service is over. <laughs> I hope you haven't done it. You won't do it because you are not a baby. Do you get the point? They make a mess easily. People who are baby Christians, they may be born again. If they have not developed their space with the word, they can steal your wallet easily. That's why we have thieves in church. That's why people are here and they've be. I've seen somebody watching pornography in church before. Yeah. That's why people are there. And then you could see that somebody goes to church, a girl goes to church and a boy follows. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. That's unbelievers. That's what they do. But it doesn't mean they are not born again. It just means they are born again, but they are not developed. So don't use somebody's misbehavior as a sign that they are not born again. You can't tell the difference. Number three is they can't feed themselves. You see, so the unbelievers are the ones they come to church late, for example. You get the point. Your lateness. It's not everybody. Sometimes you come to church late because your car didn't start or things like that. Yeah. But generally, oh, I don't want the worship. I don't want this. I want to come and just in and out type of thing. That's a baby. A baby has a very short attention span. You get the point. Uh-huh. So you need diapers. They, need to, they cannot feed themselves. You have to breastfeed them, babies, right? You have to give them formula. People who don't pick up the Bible to read, it's a sign of a baby Christian. They don't feed themselves. So you may have been in church 10 years, but you don't read your Bible. Chances are that you are a spiritual baby. They don't feed themselves. They have to wait. They come. The only time they pick their Bible is in church. Ah, I bring my breast. Uh-huh, that's when you feed. Do you get the point? That's a spiritual baby. Are you angry with me because you don't read your Bible? No, don't be angry. Just do it. Just grow. As people grow, you don't have to tell them. If you keep baby on your breast for too long, they will bite you. <laughs> Renata, is it not true? They'll bite you. So, because they are telling you, now I can feed. Berean Christians were more noble than those in Thessalonica because when they heard the scriptures, Acts 17, 11, they went and checked whether those things were so. That's a mature Christian. They feed themselves. They do their quiet time. But Christians, they've been in church for years. 
but they don't read their Bible, mark those people. They're either not born again or they're babies who have remained babies for a long time. They can't feed themselves. These are people you have to carry them. You have to carry them to church. You have to force them to go to church. You have to force them to read their Bible. You have to force them before they go to prayer meetings. You have to force them. You, you, a child doesn't work. And that brings us to the next stage, the childhood stage. And then finally, the adulthood. A child is just flighty. You see, baby, they don't do anything at all. But a child, they do some, but they don't understand. They always need a teacher. That's the reason why we all need to go through school. Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You don't realize it. But every time you pick up your Bible, you are strengthening yourself. You're growing. You're becoming stronger spiritually. You're feeding. Yeah. You're feeding. A child is very, very... Bible says they are tossed to and fro. Today they are like this. Tomorrow they are... They can't maintain. You know some people, they are Christians for a, a while. They are consistent. Then they drop off. Consistent, then they drop off. Oh, they are holy for a while, then they drop. It's a child, the sign of a child. They lack focus and attention. You get the point? They lack it. But it's a matter of time, they will grow. I was like that. I didn't like to read my Bible. But as my shepherd taught me and I understood these principles, and I picked up my Bible, suddenly I became strong. Nobody had to tell me to go to church anymore. Nobody had to tell me to worship anymore. Nobody had to tell me to memorize scriptures anymore. Nobody had to tell me to tithe anymore. Because I had grown. Nobody tells a grown person to work. Nobody had to tell me to join the workforce of the church. Because I was grown. But there are people. You tell them to do this. Oh. You, you, no matter what you do, they won't do it. And it's not because they are wicked. But they're just not there you have to have patience with them and keep teaching and keep praying for them and keep helping them every child children don't remain babies forever or children forever so long as they allow themselves to be fed to be helped but some people refuse help and they stay that way for a long time children who are malnourished they suffer diseases and they don't grow because they don't want to eat either because there's a disease but when they grow up, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And how what makes them grow is the word, is prayer, is teaching. You know, I want to tell you all that God is interested in you and helping you. Your shepherds are praying for you. Your pastors are trying hard. This week, when you go, be interested, intentional. Take your Bible and read a chapter a day. We are reading the book of Judges. If it's too hard for you, go and read the book of John. No problem. Or the book of Acts. Just take one chapter a day and write notes. Believe me, spiritually you'll grow. Some of us, the spiritual attacks we've been having, nightmares, temptations, sin. It's not that you're a bad person. But like I will explain to you next week, you have not developed the spirit. So your body has taken control of your spiritual life. And so, your, the appetites you express are not spiritual appetites. Although the Spirit of God is inside of you, it's a baby type spirit. It's not been developed. 
and therefore your output is more fleshly than spiritual because you haven't taken time to develop your spirit but everybody who looks strong teaching worshiping praying reading the bible having revelation it didn't come just in one day they put in the effort yeah a mother starts it but at a point the child must take it up mommy is still my child that's why they call the minors i provide but she eats i provide but she has to go and take her food i bring the food home you have to go like i have brought the food home now now you have to go and eat it you have to go and listen to the message again you have to go and take your bible again now that is what's going to make a difference and very soon you'll be standing in front of people like i'm doing and god will be anointing you and blessing you put your hands together rise to your feet i have a lot to say but very little time next week i'll give you strategies strategies for spiritual growth by the grace of god someone say strategies and you'll see that it's not as bad many of us is because we have not been shown these strategies spiritual strategies that's why we are where we are we are not bad people nobody here even if you are in sin it's not that you're bad it's that your spirit has not grown i believe that you're born again i believe it but then you have not grown put your hand on your heart and, and tell the lord give me one more chance oh please pray to the lord the father i understand i understand now that i need to make an effort i want to make an effort help me by your holy spirit use my pastor to help me but use your holy spirit for me to help myself oh please open your mouth and pray to god that lord i want to grow i want to grow i want to be born again and i want to grow i want to be born again and i want to grow in the name of jesus christ now if you're here you are either willing to be born again or you really want to grow spiritually god wants to touch you lift up your hand wherever you are either you are born again and you feel that you need spiritual growth so you want god to touch you lift up your hand god bless you god bless you sincere people you want to grow spiritually just lift up your hand wherever you are you are not sure but you know that you are not as mature as you would like to be you want to be strong in the lord and in the power of god's might you're not sure whether you're born again but actually you feel that you're born again but you're not growing but you want to grow lift up your right hand god wants to touch you and make a difference father look at these hands that are lifted look at these hands that want to grow help them help them by your holy spirit love them now if you've lifted your hand come to me right here come clap for them as they come 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 walk up here i'm going to touch you with the oil come 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 right here thank you jesus come come there are many more you want to come you want to really grow spiritually come come go this way please a little bit come father i pray pour your spirit upon everyone here let your strong holy spirit help them to become strong christians lift up your hands and pray to the lord father touch them by the anointing that makes a difference you feel a different self father touch them make a difference let the anointing break every yoke let the anointing break every yoke 
Now, if you're here, the anointing will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you. Now, if you're standing there, you are shy, shy to come. Touch your own forehead. That God, join me spiritually to these people. Now, every one of you say this after me. Lord, I have come to you myself. Everybody there, join us. Lord, I've come to you myself. I can't do it by myself. I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit. I want to grow spiritually. I want to do it. But it's hard. Help me with my Bible study, with my prayer, with my obedience. Build spiritual strength in my inner man. And cause me to overcome my flesh and the world. Help me. I believe Jesus is the Christ. He died for my sake. And he will help me to grow. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And give me spiritual growth in every area of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. I will read my Bible. I will pray. I will walk in obedience. I will be strong in the Lord. I will overcome temptations. I will overcome the devil. I will overcome the world by faith through Jesus Christ. As you strengthen me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow, weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.